Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning! Up and at him! It's that time. What time is it? Kentucky Roll Call. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! With Walker and Roush. Where to wild and crazy guys! Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday to you, July 27, 2021. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Roll Exports Roll Radio. So what? So we can hear the intros now. Uh, what, what new fangled technology is this? I think we found the solution to a lot of problems because Justin plugged in a microphone. That's got to be it, right? I was wondering what was happening because I was able to hear the intro and I could never hear the intro. I was playing with some settings before the show, so you're welcome. Do you do you have the new microphone plugged in as well? I have it plugged in, but it is not operational yet. Uh, okay. I don't. I don't know if that has anything to do with it yet. I, I, <laughs> this is the this is the one day of the week that I got to the show or to the studio extremely late. Normally, I'm 15, 20 minutes early. Would have had time to play with it, but I didn't this morning. Um, but I did mess with the settings, and we can hear the audio now. So you're welcome. Wow! Wow! Justin Kalen coming well, through in the clutch. Except for scoots. except for that one time you were late to the show one time one time just justin would be like tj you've missed four days buddy yeah. and you're you're gonna get on me about being <laughs> late one day you've missed him for golf too that's not even legit well, I, I i couldn't pass up on the saint x alumni golf scrambled great day out at Hurstbourne. team fired at 13 under vegas had us at a 10 under so we were very impressed with that only four under at the turn and wow. uh, r- really got hot, got on the Eagle train, and a uh, great time. I actually have a few shout-outs uh, not related to that at all. First off, suck it, Yankees. Boston is now 10.5 up on you, and uh, Boston didn't play the Yankees last night. They beat the Blue Jays, so suck it, Trevor. The Rays just don't lose either, but we'll worry about them later. But a big suck it to the Yankees. You all stink, and uh, – uh, yeah, suck it. And then secondly, suck it to the haters and losers, of which there are many. Aaron Rodgers was never going anywhere. Everybody with half a brain knew that. And if you ever thought anything else, you're a Hoosier dingus. All right. That's, T- that's, all, I've, that's all I've got. TJ, can you, um, can you explain to me the Aaron Rodgers thing? Because I didn't quite – like – this whole meeting in the middle compromise, I don't understand that they basically said just play for us this year and then you can get rid of us next year. I'm, I'm, I was very confused. I like in all seriousness. And I do think I've mentioned this on the show, if not the show, maybe the Patreon, but I've, I've said it somewhere. Uh, but I think this is always where it was heading, where Rogers knew that really at the end of the day, he had no power, at least for this, for this, upcoming season it was either he was going to sit out or he was going to play for green bay green bay wasn't going to trade him and it was also pretty clear to the packers especially when rogers turned down a contract that would have made him the highest paid player in the nfl with a five-year deal which would put him into basically a senior a senior's home at that point with how old he'd be uh, and he said no to that it was pretty clear to green bay that like all right rogers doesn't have control but he, he's not going to be here forever. He clearly wants to get out of here. So we got to keep that on our minds too. So the obvious solution was shut up, Aaron, 
and we'll we'll get rid of you after one more year. Let us let's kind of have this farewell tour of this era. And we should have won the Super Bowl last year. We were the best team in the NFL last year. Let's go out there, try to win one more, and then we can end this thing the right way instead of how it's been. And I think that both sides kind of knew that it was eventually going to come to this. Maybe Rodgers thought he could scare Green Bay into a favorable trade somewhere else. I don't know, but that wasn't going to happen. Green Bay wasn't going to trade him, and there probably wouldn't have been the right value for Aaron frickin' Rodgers, the greatest human to ever sling the pigskin. So we all knew it was coming to, to this, in my opinion. The Cobb stuff was kind of weird, and I think it does just kind of highlight how big of a dork Aaron Rodgers is. No offense to Aaron Rodgers. I, I love the guy, but huge dork like i love cobb more than anybody uh, I, I will be thrilled if he finishes his career as a packer it'll only feel right if he does but like that's your demand is that like all right go get randall cobb go get randall, this old receiver this, this old injury prone receiver who had a great yeah. career but like when you're a utility player like randall cobb in that situation 10 years in the nfl taking hits across the middle that may as well be like 60 in quarterback year. So he doesn't have much left in the tank. That, that kind of highlights Aaron Rodgers, uh, I guess, stubbornness that like, oh, okay, we'll go get your Randall Cobb. I don't know if he's going to really help our team all that much. You'd feel maybe a little bit better about Lazard and MVS's speed. But yeah, I, but I, all, hey, all is well that ends well. And we're going to get one more season and hell, maybe we'll get Randall Cobb in the fold. Yeah, uh, yeah. I- I think Packers fans, for the most part, are happy, even though it was a long, drawn-out, weird standoff. But, hey, you got your guy. Um, I, as much as I like teasing you, Terry, I think, I, I think like everybody else saw this coming. But Aaron's back just in time for training camp, which I believe starts tomorrow. So the Olympics have been a nice little distraction from an otherwise dead sports time because – uh, folks are just starting to report to training camps. We're like a week or two away from UK football getting back. Uh, and hell, before you know it, we'll have hard knocks with the Cowboys. And Quentin Bohanna is just going to become a superstar. So get ready for that, folks. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be exciting. When, when did you say that started? Uh, I think it's like August 10th, maybe. Okay. So that's, yeah, it's a few weeks away. They got, they got to bag some footage for a while. But um, yeah. Hard Knocks is always like the show that we can't wait for. And then we'll watch like two episodes and kind of forget about it. Especially last year, whenever the bubble pushed, you know, like I can watch real basketball or NFL practice. Like I'm good. Yeah. Watch real basketball. Yeah. That's, that's a good point that the Olympics have been nice. What did you fellas talk about yesterday when we were out there basically doing target practice at Hurstbourne the way we were honed in? We just, I mean, that's the thing, Terry. Not a whole lot to talk about out there besides Olympics and general tomfoolery. We maybe talked a little Kentucky quarterback competition. I saved any basketball recruiting talk because I admittedly just did not dive into it until I read Jack's Insider Notes post last night. And I've still got a better idea for uh, of what's happening, but I admittedly am... I'm doing the old Kentucky fan thing where I just don't really care about basketball recruiting right now because I just assumed that Antigua's got this. You know, well, like I, I, it, it's 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 bad of me probably, but yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Although I did at least figure out some of the names of some of these guys. 
Well, that's always good to learn the names. Uh, I, I I actually have a basketball recruiting take, and the but the way that that Jack Pilgrim and Travis Graft and Ben Roberts, the way that they tell it, among others as well, is Roush that you you have the all right mindset that you just don't really need to even lock in because it seems like Kentucky's in such a good spot with so many people, and it, it does feel like the nil is. I don't know if you could call it Orlando and Tigo or you could call it the nil. I think some of these people are realizing this is now business financial decisions, not just who I'm, mm-hmm. wh- which coaching staff, you know, plays kiss ass the most. So now you, you got to worry about where can I maximize the most dollars and Kentucky's always going to be ahead of pretty much anybody else, unless there's a local tie to a blue blood, like a kid from Chapel Hill with UNC. He's probably making more at UNC than he would at UK. And there, there would be some few, there would be few exceptions where a player could make more elsewhere, but 95% of the time it's going to be Kentucky. So I may as well dive right into my recruiting take. I've got a few other things to talk about. I, I I'm sure you all talked Olympic basketball yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah, because okay. that that had like, that had me that had me fired up, but I've I've cooled on it over over time. But Popovich is a joke. They need to get rid of him. Yesterday, he doesn't look like he wants to. I mean, he always looks like a miserable, you know what? But he he looks extra miserable. I guess probably representing his country. So he's terrible. Doesn't look like he's even having fun. Certainly doesn't make adjustments. You've got Jay Wright and you've got Kerr on the bench. I, I would much rather have either one of those guys lead the lead the show because when you think about it Popovich when he didn't have Tim Duncan uh yeah well you know and that's you could say that probably about a lot of coaches but now you're now it's now things are a little a little different um anyways if the Olympic top comes Olympic topic comes up organically I'll, I'll dive back into that but over to recruiting okay clearly I have a lot of thought to say I haven't I haven't been on air since Friday god forbid but to the recruiting, I'm since we already brought it up, and all these experts are talking about how Kentucky's in on pretty much all their top targets, with maybe if maybe one exception or so. Roush, I would caution John Calipari and his staff to pump the brakes a little bit uh, on this because it looks like they're looking like they're going to bring in five or six people, which is entirely. Too many, in my opinion. I think you have a lot of guys that may return off this team. I think you have more guys that may be more willing to return because of nil, as I already kind of mentioned uh, about three minutes ago. And then I also think that you're going to want to pursue maybe some transfers because there are some transfers that are more enticing than high school seniors. And I get it. There's some seniors that are going to be NBA superstars in just a matter of years. And then with the college transfers, Transfers, there's a reason why they're still in college and not being paid professionally, and that's because they aren't good enough yet to, to be at that level. But I still would want him to take two transfers, or at least leave two open spots for transfers, because one, you kind of know you can get who you want to get. He's got a pretty great success rate of keying in on transfers and landing them. There's only been a few misses, all things considered. Maybe maybe a handful now, but... Uh, uh, he's been here for 12 years, but he he normally gets who he wants on transfers. And I just think you want to save a few spots for those. I, I don't think you want to fill up with freshmen and then maybe force a few of your returning guys out because they feel like they're going to be missing minutes and you can freely transfer now so they can just go wherever they want. I, I would caution him to not take too many players in this class, but I do understand John Calipari knows more about recruiting uh, than I do. It just seems like they're going to they're gonna add too many, Roush. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, look what Stoops did. He took, I think, something only like 19 maybe in their class to make way to get so many successful transfers. Um, the reason why I'm not – what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, I, I think if you're Kentucky – and you can have the best of both worlds. Like if, if you're given the option, top transfers or top high school prospects, which one are you taking? And that that's that's what they're being asked right now. Which which one are you taking, Terry? I mean, top of the top, I'm taking high school, but like players ten to thirty, I would say the college transfers a safer bet. And you could get Kentucky has landed players between 10 and 30 that have been amazing. And they've landed Scal Labissier, who was number one, who was mm-hmm. not so amazing. So, like, there's, there is no certain guarantee. I guess my threshold would be top 10 recruit, kind of consensus top 10. Maybe you, you can move it a little bit, top 12. But, yes, you take those guys. But then I, 15 on, I would say that, I need to kind of look at what my needs may be for that next year. Okay, we look good at shooting. We look good at guard. Uh, if you want to throw in a freshman at the backcourt, that's fine. We already feel really good about that. That's just an added bonus. If he ends up clicking, then we'll get the maximum potential. But you know what? We have to get a rebounder. Like, I don't – this is not good. We've got a 6'10 guy that's 190 pounds. We need some muscle then I would much rather go get the transfer that you know has had three years averaging nine rebounds per game in the Big East or something like that than the number 21st ranked player who, yeah, he projects well as a rebounder, but you just really never know with freshmen. So if I had an absolute necessity need, I'm taking the transfer. If I feel good about the position, then you may as well throw in the freshman, and if he ends up reaching lottery pick potential – then that's going to be amazing for us. If he doesn't, we already feel good. That that checkout, do you agree with that? Yeah, I would just also caution, too, on the – now, this is me just being a skeptic, but also there's a lot of positive news once the Peach Jam ends, but, uh, you know, kids aren't just going to start committing right away. <laughs> I, I think we're in the very early stages of kind of dust settling and Kentucky being back in the mix for a lot of those guys. But even when they were in mix for all of the you know top 15 players in America, they were still only getting a handful of them. And I think if you get a guy like Shaden Sharp to commit early and kind of build around that, that's another good start to have along with Scott Clark in your backcourt. So I, I, I'm, I'm of the I think what's going to likely happen, TJ, is I think there will be some common ground where he knows that he wants to keep a spot or two open for a transfer because it's just it's been a nice benefit for yeah. him, and uh, and Big now time. he he can get even better guys because there's more guys in the portal. So I don't think he's going to completely load up uh, and and take away all the spots. Cal's never been one to do that, and really this is probably this year's probably the closest he's been to filling up uh, all of his scholarships. Yeah, and I, that's that's for sure. I, I think that it probably is. Um, you know, we need to – like, I bet Ben Roberts would probably know that. He'd be a good person to be able to say, like, when did UK use the most scholarships in the Calipari era? Maybe a Corey Price. Maybe he would he would know that oh, as man, well. That, that, but That's right up his alley, yeah. 
And I know some listeners, whether you're on pod, listen on podcast or on Big Exports Radio, we go seven to nine Monday through Friday. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen uh, get the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Search Kentucky Roll Call, and if you didn't mind, leave us a review and a rating. But with the with people maybe saying TJ Cal has won with predominantly freshmen before. If you get the right freshman, if you get the right group, he can win with them again. I'm fine going after the freshman. I think college basketball's changed. I think now the fact that the Dukes, the Kansases, the Kentuckys, uh, now we got to throw Texas and Chris Beard in that conversation. The fact that these powers are going to be able to just plug holes with the transfer market. Back in the day, if if you missed out on some recruits, you were you were in big trouble. Like you you were gonna, it was not going to be good. Uh, and I know that Kentucky and Duke both had down years, along with Louisville and some other teams as well this past year but i'm going to chalk that more up to the pandemic and the transfer wasn't as big as a green light as it is right now i just think that teams are teams in college basketball are going to be more complete i don't think a group of freshmen are going to be able to win anymore and maybe that's a hot take and yeah maybe if you got Ooh, the absolute maybe if you spicy. got the maybe if you got the absolute best freshman and you put them all together and everything clicked perfectly but now Ever, all the contenders are going to be able – all the contenders are going to have experienced players. And, again, sometimes talent beats experience. This feels like this was a big John Calipari discussion and debate 10 years ago. But th- back then, I just don't – I think teams could be more incomplete than they will be now. Like that Baylor team, you know how we were all so impressed with Gonzaga, and we really were. Hell, they were undefeated. Baylor kind of punked them in that national championship. Baylor was really good. And they were really experienced. So I just don't think you're going to see freshman teams be able to dominate as much. You can still have two or three great freshmen, I'm sure. But I still think you. if I'm Calipari, I'm, I am going to want to leave a spot or two open for transfers. I just think ha- being able to know exactly what you're getting because it's proven it's at the college level is is worth saying no to a freshman over. And maybe maybe that's a hot take. But that that was my recruiting take, Roush. Oh, okay. I, I like it. it. It was a spicy take, uh, although I don't entirely agree with it because I'm not giving up on uh, one and done, baby. That's another thing too. Is like now you've got professional options, so like it's are the, they the as best, good? Yeah, the the the, <laughs> the best freshman may not even be in going and playing college basketball. So you know, just because you get one of the top available players that is going to go play college basketball, it may not be an Anthony Davis sure thing. I don't know. And I think also part of it goes with, as I said on Friday, that like Calipari has used his complete break in case of an emergency free pass. And not that I'll be calling for his head if he has another bad season. I won't be unless it's just an absolute complete train wreck and he gives up. As long as he's still into it, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But we saw how crazy the fan base was during this pandemic disaster season. And it was a disaster season. So Cal can't do it again. Otherwise people are just going to lose their freaking minds. So I just think experienced college players, more of a sure thing than freshmen that could be great or could be BJ Boston and be slow and a little inconsistent and then have some really nice games uh, similar to Scal. Scal did some nice things too. It was just way too inconsistent because the college game is different than what those guys are used to, especially with BJ taking into consideration the the pandemic, which didn't help anything. So I just want more sure things than maybe the upside Roush. And maybe that's a bit conservative. Uh, I, I 
I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm hating myself for that take as I'm starting to say it out loud. But yeah. I, I just or think it, I just think it's is, a safer play. This is probably you still like you're in denial that you're no longer a recruiting reporter. So you're subconsciously <laughs> hating recruits and want you only want transfers. I want the recruiting business to dry up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like over and dry. That, that, that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, but I, I I mentioned it earlier. I think a lot of the um, – I mean, how many times has it felt like after one of these events that Kentucky's just going to get everybody and then the kind of chips fall where they may? You know, and, and some of it too is it's different approaches. You know, they're offering more guys than what they used to. Uh, so it, there's a little bit larger pool. Uh, and, and, like, even that kid, that Flapowski kid that Kentucky's making a play at, I mean, he's still probably going to end up at Duke. So like I you know I don't I don't get so caught up in the like oh here's a new guy on our radar let's get locked in on him uh you know for me it's just like oh yeah it's kind of nice that Kentucky's got a chance but eh probably probably nothing for me to really get too worried about um but if I if I had to have my two ones that I want for right now this is based purely on nothing other than uh, I just I've seen a couple enough highlights and it's like, oh, this sounds like a good start to your class. It would be Shaden Sharp and Derek Lively. Get a big man, get a nice guard, boom. Then you got three in that class. That's, that's a solid start. And you can kind of uh, slow play the rest of it. And the, and the crux of my argument was like those guys, 15 to 30, I'd rather take transfers than those. I, I don't really know off the top of my head what Sharp or Lively are, but I have watched both of them. And We're those are guys. 15, top fifteen. I, I yeah. would take the. I would take those guys. I don't think those guys are ranked high enough. Maybe I'm starting to convince myself because I'm listening to all these experts say that both of them are going to go to Kentucky. So I'm thinking to myself, like, all right, better get like get to liking these guys. But they are. I would highly recommend going and watching their their tapes, their high, their YouTube videos because they are they're good. Like sharp mm-hmm. as a score gets me. That's yeah. that's going to be really fun. fun to watch. And then lively. It, the, the the comparisons going around or Willie Cauley Stein with an offensive game, which is just so crazy to say that. Cause like Willie Cauley Stein was an all American, but mm-hmm. I, I see it. Like I, you can't help but like see that it, it's, it's the obvious comparison, but yeah, college will be, it'll be tougher for them. And the, the highlight tapes don't always translate over. We know that, but even just, even if the offense doesn't carry over what he can do defensively really is Willie Cauley Stein esque. And you got to remember Willie Cauley Stein as a freshman had no offensive game and was strictly defense. And he still played a lot and did some nice things. Um, kind of hit a wall there during during the middle of the season and then noel got hurt but uh i i i want you the, both those guys you say yes for and you don't worry about transfers with those but there's some other ones that that i would be a little bit more iffy on yeah yeah naturally so um you know it's just uh i, I think some of it too were a little bit more cautious after a year like last year but hey we can throw caution to the wind if Jalen duran ends up picking kentucky uh i think that we saw some national folks say that, oh, it could happen uh, at his high school this Friday. I think it was this high school that they talked about, or this week. Um, Jack was like, uh, maybe next week. The The word was that he likes Penny. Mom likes Kentucky. So, oh. come on, Mom. 
Do so, your best sell, sales job. Get him up to Lexington KY. Well, not a Julius Randle situation. Mom loved Cal, and Cal won out there. But we've seen it the other way, where where Mama Bolden loved Duke, and Duke mm-hmm. won out there. So, so it, but Mom's Mama undefeated. Knows, Mom knows best. Yeah, That's true. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's hit a break. We'll come back. We need to talk a little more SEC Big 12. We we have beaten it to death to some degree, but we do have news. We'll bring it up, and there was reaction, which we'll talk about. And it's summer, so that's what media members do in the summer. They were chirping at one another. I got in on it. Good times all around. We'll talk about it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll return after this. Yellow submarine, yellow submarine. We all live in a yellow submarine. Yellow submarine, yellow submarine. I like waking up to this Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Sue me. It's a perfect way to start the day. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Really is the perfect way to start your day. With TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen here on the Big X Sports Radio. Text into the show. That's the best way to get in touch. 502-414-1450. Text in. We'll read it on air, and we'll have a great time with it. And we appreciate those that text into the show. Roush, I appreciate tacos on Tuesdays. Mm, I don't know if you appreciate them as much as I do because I'm addicted to salsaritas. Their chips, they're wildly addictive. I've got a problem, and it's a great problem to have because it's the best, freshest Mexican in town. They've got two locations, one in St. Matthews and one in Middletown. Got a nice little drive-thru in Middletown, too. But if you download the app, you can get those fresh tacos. Not only they'll give you some money back, give you some money off, they can also just have your order waiting for you as soon as you pull up. I mean, how easy is that, Terry? Uh, it doesn't get easier than that. Uh, no no way, no how. You can call 502-897-5323 or 502-365-1424 for the Middletown location, which has a drive through which is great, as we mentioned. And you can do everything on the app, though. Uh, but if not, call those numbers. They'll, they'll get you where you need. Catering. It's summer. You're having people over. You're having get-togethers. Let Salsaritas take care of the food. No party too big. No party too small for Salsaritas, and you'll get their wildly addictive chips. They come by the bajillions when you have catering. I've done it several times. You're always going to have leftovers, and that's a good thing because you're going to want those leftovers. They are delicious. So check them out, Salsaritas. Oh, Roush? man. Terry, all right. This, yeah. I, I'm having a, a conflict right now. Because there's some breaking news. I know exactly. That's where I'm going with it. Because here's the thing. I was trying to like I was unfollowing people who were live tweeting the women's gymnastics finals because I just wanted to watch it tonight. But now it's reached the point where you can't ignore it anymore because it's just the worst news you could possibly hear. Yeah. Simone Biles done for the Olympics. At least in this uh, team portion, she. uh she landed wrong after her vault and they took her off the uneven bars, which uneven bars. So cool. So she's out for the rest of the team competition. And 
I mean, basically, I, it doesn't get any worse than that. No, it doesn't. And the United States trailing Russia and going to be without the best gymnast in the history of the world, which is not the player you would want to get hurt, ideally. Yeah, wasn't she, like, doing stuff uh, on the vault, too, that was impossible to do? I think she has, like, four moves named after her. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, in in more heartwarming news, did you watch the swimmer from Alaska last night? Yes, I can't get enough of these videos. Dude, so here's the thing that I, we were kind of talking about it with Trevor yesterday. Like, I love the odd sports and getting just sucked in by something really stupid. But the part of the Olympics that make the Olympics great are the great moments where everybody can kind of get behind somebody to root for. And we were... We were, you know, Lily King was defending gold medals. It's like, all right, come on, U.S. You're our best shot at a gold. And then a 17-year-old from Alaska. They've got one freaking 50-meter pool in that entire state. She goes out and wins Olympic gold as a 17-year-old. And like you said, TJ, I could not get enough of those celebration videos. Yeah, they were pretty sweet. Lydia Jacoby, which is just wild to be 17 and then beat the best in the world on the biggest stage. I mean, and also, like, you're in Alaska. You've got a leg up on all the winter sports, and you choose swimming. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, yeah. it, and to see just her classmates, I mean, going absolutely nutty. I mean, oh, that was awesome. That, that was a, a, a fantastic moment. Yep, that's all, that's what the Olympics are all about, except for when Team USA is allowing France to go on a 16-2 to run to give them another embarrassing loss. Neither here yeah. nor there, I suppose. Don't need to bring that up again. Sorry, uh, it really bothered me. Yeah, hey, it think, didn't I, bother me as much because basketball, like, come on, we know the U.S. is best. We don't need to do it and show them off in the Olympics. Like, we're good. We're the best. No, no well, our, our, well, you should probably win if you're the best, I would think. Which yeah. I, we are the best, and we should win, even if this team has some holes. I, I saw – I don't forget who it was. I didn't feel like getting into being snarky on Twitter. I, I can only do one a day. But somebody was like, the talent gap is nowhere close to what it used to be. I don't care. What we talk about is like, like how many pros the other team has. You know how many pros I know the United States has? How many people are on All the team? Like, you are the more talented team. You absolutely should win. And that's fine. There are other countries that are great and have, like, three, four great players, maybe even more than that. It doesn't matter. You have a team full of some of the best in the world. Like, you you, you got to go win those games. That's why I get so triggered when they lose. They're really in a no-win situation. Like, United States basketball should never lose. So anything close to losing or, God forbid, losing is unacceptable just because the there is a huge gap. Uh, to, to think that people have closed it, yeah, maybe it's closed a little bit, but it, it, the United States will never be surpassed as the best basketball country, the, the country with the most basketball talent, I should say, because uh, we know they've lost before. But, yeah, I'm definitely not worked up about it. You, if you look at the situation in Slovenia with Luka Doncic, I mean, that they're not losing. They beat, what was it, Argentina about 20 last night I was watching because they have the best player on the floor. It should be the same thing with the U.S. and Kevin Durant. Yeah. It should be yeah. the exact same. Yeah. But instead, you've got Zach Levine jacking contested threes. Like, dude, what are you doing on this team, Zach Levine? 
Like, not even on the court, just on the team. I, I don't I don't get it. And I think to a degree of it too, Justin, there is a we're trying to play together. We're trying to be good teammates. So you 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 might have some dudes getting some extra passes in. How about you just take over, Kevin Ray? Just go take over. He should. He he should. He had chances, missed shots, and then that was excruciating. It was just like missed three after missed three. Any one of them gives the United States the lead. Uh, of course, the two would have tied, but they. I, I did like the attitude of no twos on the table here. Uh, it, it, it was, was like playing basketball players. You have to make those shots. It was like when you're playing pickup and you need a three to win. <laughs> and everybody, yeah. like, come on, you're not shooting yeah. a layup there. It's all twos at that time. Have you all exactly. watched any three on three? No, just because it seems like when I turn on the Olympics, it's it's not on. So it is awesome. I uh, am a huge fan. I mean, I've it's, seen it. I, I've kind of had to cover it when Ty Winyard was doing the three on three and whatnot. But it was fun to watch. I do. It, it's a it's a fun sport. Yeah. The, no, it, um, the the part where they don't take it out, Justin's kind of like, oh, oh it's I, awesome. I mean, it looks exhausting to be frank. Yeah. No, and and that's the fun part about it is the action never stops. And what was I watching? It was Poland and someone yesterday. I can't remember who it was, but it was literally, it literally came down to a last second shot. One team took the lead. The lead changed five times within the last minute of the game. It was awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is fun. It's really embarrassing that Robbie Hummel was the leader of the United States three on three efforts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not great. Not great, Bob. No, not, not at all. Uh, all right. So, Texas and Oklahoma told the Big 12 they're out. See you later, Alligator. We're mm-hmm. not renewing in 2025. And then it leaked from national writers, and I just I honestly don't remember who it was, so I'm not trying to – maybe it was uh, maybe it was Thamel, but I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just don't remember who reported it. They were saying that there's just no way that they're waiting till 2025, and ideally they'd like it to be 2022, which right. means next season, Roush. Yeah, that's the consensus – um, I think McMurphy was the first person that I heard say that like the day after he's like, come on, that this would be a very awkward relationship if you're just kind of counting the clock for four years. Um, so you, th- that was the first actual step besides a report. Um, so, uh, you know, just th- th- that was actual action being taken and, the, throughout all of this, I think the person who's going to become my favorite is Dr. Casey Shrum, who is the Oklahoma State president, and she is not mincing any words <laughs> in her statements. Just, I mean, taking so many shots at both teams. And in her response, said, this is one of like three I think she's issued so far. Here's part of just the long statement. It is difficult to understand how an Oklahoma institution of higher education would follow the University of Texas to the detriment of the state of Oklahoma. Nevertheless, we are turning our eyes to that future and looking at what is best for Oklahoma State University. I just love that, like, associating yourself with Texas is is just a curse word. Like, what a disgusting, disgusting move by Oklahoma it's unforgivable and the Cowboys they're never going to let you let you get away with this that that wasn't you said there's three of them she oh I mean she let out a statement early last week uh that was like, like one of like five tweets yesterday that, I, I so kind of at least two bare minimum 
I mean, that that one was, you know, that was a pretty nice dig, I, I suppose. But a lot of sour grapes, and it's really embarrassing. It's really embarrassing to try to hold on to a relationship where it's not – both parties don't mutually feel the same way. Well, but, but what else are you going to do to try to wish salvage them what, it? You don't try to salvage it. They don't want to be in the conference, so what? You, there's nothing you can do. So wish them well and – Start being on the hunt for who you can bring in. Go get Central Florida immediately. Try your best to keep West Virginia, but I think they're going to go to the ACC uh, someday, sooner probably than than later. But go try to get Central Florida. I don't know Houston, SMU. I don't. I don't know. But BYU. Go go get other teams because otherwise your conference is going to fold. Stop worrying about Texas and Oklahoma. They're gone. You come off as just kind of pathetic when you release all these statements and everybody's doing it, by the way, it's not just Oklahoma state. They've all just been passive aggressive or just flat out aggressive in, in Oklahoma and Texas wanting to leave them. But I just think it's always a bad look to worry about what other universities are doing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you don't have many options on the table. So of course that's going to be my first plan of action is just to issue a statement. Cause that's the easiest thing to do. I, I wouldn't issue a statement, and then if I got asked about it, just say we wish them well. We look forward to the future of the Big 12. I mean, TJ, you're, I, I just think that you're being way too mature about this. Conference realignment is about being a big, whiny baby and throwing temper tantrums. We need more temper tantrums in our conference realignment. Oh, I get why the Big 12 should be, like, furious. I mean, they're, they, may, they, may, they may fall apart. Like, the Big 12 may not exist. I get why they don't like this. I get why they hate it. But what what are you gonna do by coming off whiny? Like, you're not gonna convince them to stay. They're they're gone, and all it really comes off as is like, all right, you're very clearly bothered and nervous about losing these two institutions. Why don't you focus on yourself and how you all can better the conference without us? Uh, that's that's the approach I would take. But I guess I'm not a whiny baby. I think that you're really missing a golden opportunity here, where we could get university presidents. Uh, serenading baby come back to, to i mean that would be high quality content between texas and oklahoma just yeah you can well, blame well, it all well, and it's in like in another of i guess part of it is like it's over they're gone they already you know that was new that came, that became official we knew it was going to happen anyways what i where i want the juicy drama roush where i want the behind the scenes sources and talking i want it with a and m I want to know what's going on behind those uh, closed door meetings. And I'd love that. I, I don't, I think like all their message boards are subscription based. Is there anywhere I can see Texas A&M fans freaking out? Cause I want that too. That's my next that. Cause now it's like, who's being the new whiny baby. Well, it's probably going to be A&M. Yeah. We still got a lot of ways to go in the whiny babyisms of Texas A&M like that. That's, that's going to be a lot um, because they did have their board of regents meeting. I didn't see any reports from it, so I don't I don't know. But I know that was the the next big thing happening last night was the Board of Regents and I guess coming up with their counterattack, like here's who we're gonna lobby to try to keep Texas and Oklahoma out. I, I guess that's what they're doing, but I, I, I couldn't say without any with any certainty at this point. I saw this floating around yesterday, but if the SEC could only add one of Oklahoma or Texas, who are you all rolling with? Oklahoma. Uh, Texas would be a better financial ad, but not by as much as people think. And Oklahoma seems a lot uh, 
not as full of itself. So I would also probably lean Oklahoma. You'd be leaving some money on the table by doing that and probably actually getting a better, at least football program into the, into the fold. But I would go Oklahoma. They, they seem like they'd be more tolerable than Texas. Yeah. And that, that's what it is for me is Texas is very much, they've got to be the talk of the room. And if they're not, then it could be disastrous. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be an interesting dynamic too. Cause you know, Texas is going to try to do their Texas thing thinking they're the biggest and the best. And then the rest of the sec, it doesn't really work that way. So that will be fun. And then the Texas A&M angle, that's going to be great. Like, you know, there were some initial reports or I think it was just like message board or Texas A&M saying we will leave, you know, we'll leave if they, if you all do this, okay, Texas A&M, you go ahead, you go ahead and do that. Sure you will. I, d- I dare you to leave. Dare you, Texas A&M. You go ahead and do it. We know they're not doing that. All right, let's uh, let's do we do we want to take a break or get to the text messages? We can either do the daily double or we can do it now and do some text. Well, I, I've got a, a, a Duke boy in my hands. I don't I don't know if he's going to be willing to read some text with us or not. Well, you oh well. So what does that what does that mean? Why don't we take a little break and come back? And I, I might have a, a more fortunate setup. Oh, okay. I was thinking you may want the daily double break for a little more time to take care of your, your business. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a little squirmy right now. He wants to push the mute button on the microphone. Big oh. fan of this. Duke, okay. Duke's no, Duke knows what's up. Yeah, if, Duke's, <laughs> if Duke says it's time for a break, it must mean it's time for a break. So we'll take one. This is Kentucky Roll Call. We'll get to some text oh, messages. Okay. And then a different angle to the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma and how it impacts Kentucky. This is KRC on Big X. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. Coming up, how to turn your unwanted change into folding money. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, I think Nick's going to be out the remainder of the show because of dad duty so it will just be justin and i moving forward sorry about you listeners wow what's that supposed (laughs) to mean i mean congratulations listeners yeah i think that's that's better then justin will be out tomorrow i am out tomorrow yep big doctor's appointment only time uh, only the time broke my elbow is only time you could go to the doctor well, so I'm not actually going during this show, but I've got to make up hours at work so I can not screw myself financially. So you'll be at the hotel at 7 a.m.? I will. You can do the show from the hotel. I could. Yeah, you want me to? It's usually not very crowded. Just yeah. people asking about the continental breakfast. I, I can do that. Absolutely. Well, if you, if you, want to, if you are bored and want to ch- jump in... Uh, feel free, no, but I, I, we completely understand, and we hope the doctor's appointment goes well. Oh, I'm, I'm scared. We're gonna see. They're probably just gonna take a hacksaw to it. No, I just want them to tell you like your arm's fine. You just need rest. But then to be like, but your blood pressure, this, I, I, and then I hope they just give you a long list of other stuff. 
that's the thing and and i might have mentioned this on the show at some point but the second i go in there and she starts taking my blood pressure and cholesterol and tells me i can't eat this anymore or can't drink beer i'm done i'm walking out i'm gonna be like lady i'm not here for that i'm here for you to fix my arm get it done uh, i mean a couple a couple different things is i like that you said the second they do those things but you rattled off like seven different things so would yeah, it just would it, would it have to be all of them or just the starting process of one of them so you all, I'm going to tell her, you all can do whatever you need to do. I completely understand from your perspective, but don't tell me what I can and can't do anymore. I have one life. I'm going to live it the way I want, ma'am. <laughs> you you just need to like, right off the bat, you just need to set the ground rules. with. Oh, them. I'm going to. Oh, absolutely. I, dude, I've already got this whole thing planned out. I'm going to go in and be like, listen, ma'am, haven't been to the doctor in 14 years. That's for a reason, because I don't want you all to tell me how to live my life. So here's my arm. Fix it. That's I think that's the the right way to go about it. That, yeah. That's I, that's that's big of you. I'll probably throw in a nothing against you. Yeah, sure. Well. Yeah. So. But you but you do want to know you do want them to know you mean business though. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I'm not I'm not there to mess around sure. and figure you're, out how your arm is hurt. You may as well say, listen, I, I don't even care what Dr. Mumbo Jumbo you've got to say, just send me to a specialist. I'm only here to get to the specialist. Hey, that's actually probably way better than what I had. I might even try that. I don't care what you have to say, ma'am. Yes. Give me your referral. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Basically, I'd like to speak to your manager, aka specialist. <laughs> Go on and write the note for me so I can get there. I think that's. I think you've got the right mindset heading in. You'll have to be sure to keep us updated, though. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Oh, Text on into the show, 502-414-1450. Uh, I was happy with mostly how I, I played yesterday. But just a few of my approach shots weren't where they need to be. So I'm going to be calling Bobby Cook here shortly and heading on over to Exit 4 in southern Indiana to get lessons from a professional golfer. No level is too advanced for Bobby Cook, and he loves beginners as well. So check him out. Go to bobbycookgolfacademy.com. And if you're not looking for lessons, by the way, they make perfect gifts, and you won't find a better value in town or in the surrounding southern Indiana, Kentucky area then Bobby Cook. They make perfect wedding, birthday, Christmas. That's a little further down the road, but it's never too early to get a head start on it. But maybe you're also just looking to hit the driving range there. You learn more about your swing when it's on camera. It's a good place. It's a cool hangout, and he's expanding. It's going to be really nice. Bobby Cook Golf Academy, Exit 4, Southern Indiana. Go to bobbycookgolfacademy.com to learn more all right so uh do you are you up to date with more of this breaking news justin uh simone biles yes yes i saw that was it mental health is that what they're saying yeah she had a mental she had a mental issue it's being reported which is interesting well she came back out in her warm-ups and was cheering on her teammates i don't i don't get it yeah, that's so like Dan Wetzel or NBC's reporting it's a mental issue, not a physical one. Uh, she didn't appear to be physically hurt, but she was very upset after doing, uh, I, I think, a vault attempt. So interesting. That's you know, that's going to be the conversation of the day with the Olympics. Here's what I here's what I can think of. This is the only way I can spin this positively for Simone Biles. So we're down to Russia, right? In second place. Perhaps this is the coach getting the technical foul situation to fire up the team because ever since she left, apparently USA has been kicking some butt. Yeah, so 
that's that's it. That's the backups are or the backup that had a really good turn supposedly. I don't have it on right now, but very exciting stuff. Maybe a, a little comeback even with Biles on on the bench. But she did say she. I guess like this was two days ago, three days ago, or whatever it was. I guess it was just like for the qualifying or preliminary round. She knew she was going to advance, so she didn't have to do her best stuff. But she was like, yeah, I wasn't really happy with how I did it. I feel like I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders. She did say that. So I think I think this is – I think all this hype heading into this, all the stories, I think they had 60 minutes on her. I I don't know if – I don't know because it's not like this is new to her, but it just seems like this go-around has been a little too much. Well, I mean, this is what her second, maybe third Olympics, and she's already being hailed as the greatest Olympian of all time. Like that is a lot of pressure. Yeah, but like you know, the goats—that's what—that's why they're the goats, right? You can handle the pressure. It's true. Like it's true. you, you go out there, and that's what the best of the best do. Uh, as good as they are physically, they're also that good mentally. But I, I'll be curious to learn to learn more about this situation. It stinks, though, but it is cool to see Team USA respond well despite losing the best gymnast ever all right uh well you know what let's call it hour one let's go ahead and wrap it up we'll get back hour two and we'll have text messages the rest of the way that sound good to you justin that sounds great to me yeah we also i need to keep bringing up this the 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 conversation should uk drop the U of L game with the sec adding most likely adding Oklahoma and Texas. It was all the talk on the old tweeter yesterday, and uh, we'll come back, give our takes on it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. So welcome back. Hour number two of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, and joining us now, Trevor Kelsey, which is uh, interesting. And uh, I didn't know I didn't know he was going to be added to this hour, too. So this just came up right now. This feels like a fraternity house. We got people leaving. We got people coming in. Trevor, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I kind of I woke up. I thought, you know, I'm a had to get up for a minute, turn the radio show on, and I was like, where's Nick? Like, there, there's no Nick. Did, did I miss something? I missed the early part of the show. So I was like, you know what? I'm coming in. Just like just like the backups in gymnastics. I'm coming in to save the day. Well, day didn't need to be saved. We've had a phenomenal show. And Roush was on it for probably the first 50 minutes, but uh, he's. I think he's on He's on baby dad duty. And Duke, Duke wasn't helping. I, ju- I must have just missed him then, because I, I, I mean, I, I, it was probably about five till when I turned it on. So, yeah, he's uh, he's a good dad, that Nick Roush. So, well, I, can, so, I can head back to bed if you like. I mean, so, no, 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 we're happy to have you. I'm just uh, <laughs> that we we had Roush, and then uh, then we did a segment just Justin and I, and then now we've got you. So this is great. This is we're getting a little bit of everything on the show today. We just need to replace me with the eights, and then we get Jack in here for a little bit. We can just. Try- <laughs> 
great at we can get we can get all the the, the krc and big exports radio legends to to come join us on our show today we got a full text line as well so we got that to look forward to and then you know what i was just about to think like before you came on i said oh i, I need to talk uk u of l roush would have been perfect for it you may be better big big dog should uk drop u of l trevor kelsey Oh, God. No, not this again. No, no, and no. And yes, I guarantee, or I don't guarantee, but I know the reasoning behind Kentucky will be that you, with the additions of Oklahoma and Texas, that, oh, we just don't have the time for, for a rivalry game. We just don't have the space. We, 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 need, we need this or that. You're not worth it to us. We need easier wins. Listen, it's bad enough you won't play Indiana. You're not dropping Louisville. And if the, the, if the shoes were reversed, I'd say the same thing for Louisville. You don't drop Kentucky. Keep the game on your schedule. You get four games, even if it goes down to three or even two. Even if you only get one out of conference game, I don't care. UofL, UK need to play. Yeah, but, you know, Kentucky may want to beef up their out-of-conference schedule, start playing some better teams. Oh, is that what it is? Uh, you, want, you want to play teams that are like – so you're going to play tougher teams. You're going to add teams to the conference, and then you're going to play tougher teams out of conference. It's, at what time in, in, in UK's school history have they gone in that direction and out of conference? We just need to beef up the, our strength of schedule, and Louisville's kind of the weak link holding us back a little bit. Well, isn't that why you're adding Oklahoma and Texas? That's, that's going to help, but then, you know, just think we could be number one in the country in strength of schedule if we just drop old U of L. Is that what's going to make the difference in you getting into the bowl at six and six that year? No, it'll be ten and two, and then uh, they have to expand it to twelve teams, and we'll be comfortably in, baby. Is that what you're hoping for? Is the strength of schedule at a conference so when you go uh-huh. five and six or or four and six or whatever the, the scummy games they'll be playing uh, that, that you can you can use your strength of schedule as a, as a stepping stone and pass the five hundred record. If I remember correctly, that pathetic four and six Kentucky team, I think, beat one of the better teams in the ACC in a bowl game. If I, if I, yeah, I think that happened. I don't, <laughs> I don't recall that myself personally. It, it, it sure did. I think that was the year. It wasn't too long ago. I think that was the year that U of L actually didn't make a bowl when they were basically just handing them out just to anybody, oh, begging yeah. teams to go to bowl games, and U of L still didn't get the call. In, in, the, in the last of Petrino two point oh era and. A mix of the sadder white era. It's uh, I said the year we missed a ball is you're going to be a little. You can be less vague, please. No, I uh, I I agree with you. Kentucky does not need to be dropping the U of L game. That that's that's pretty ridiculous. If anything, that's why you'd want to. If you add Texas and Oklahoma, if that does mean you lose more conference games, which I understand, if the divisions change and things could get tougher for Kentucky, I'll talk all about that in a moment. But I understand that things could get tougher, but the financial benefit that you're bringing in, that should just continue to widen the gap between UK and U of L. If you get rid of the U of L game, you're kind of losing, you're losing your juice from adding Texas and Oklahoma because you're going to have so much money as a program, more than U of L, you already do. But even more than that, you're going to be able to throw it into the program. You're going to be able to recruit better. You may be able – if you're a kid from Ohio, wouldn't you want to go play two hours, three hours away from home and then be able to play Texas, Oklahoma, Alabama, 
all those schools. Like, that'd be a dream come true. So I think Kentucky recruiting will improve. So, no, you don't drop the L game. I agree with you, Trevor. It's nonsense to bring it up. It's not going to get dropped either. So it's not going to happen. And if there's a year – and if Louisville does eventually bounce back, probably when they get rid of Satterfield someday – then, all right, Kentucky's schedule will be really tough and it will be difficult, but that will be on us for make sure we're up for the task and not want to play worse teams. The UK fans that are against this, I'm a little disappointed in some of y'all. Like, the, the mindset shouldn't be, well, we may lose more games if we add them. Well, let's get better as a program and be able to compete against the best of the best. That should be the mindset, at least in my opinion. I, I don't know the point fingers here, but why is it always the Big Blue Nation that brings up the dropping of the Governor's Cup? Like I don't ever really ever hear it coming from the start of, of the chatter coming from the global side. Why yeah, is Kentucky I, that always has to bring it up because Kentucky is the team with the consistently the tougher schedule. Well, okay. I mean, I guess that makes sense. That, that's uh, the, I mean, that's the thought behind it is you you already play eight SEC games with the exception of Vandy. You know, seven of those you can assume <laughs> are going are going to be somewhat challenging. Even if even like a down South Carolina isn't a freebie for Kentucky and, and that's just the SEC it's tough to go out and win on the road and then if you talk about all right well the conference will go to nine conference games and probably will then you get three out of conference games and you're going to use one of them having to play an ACC team so it, I get why it's Kentucky that brings it up but I do I, I, I need the record to be set straight that Kentucky should not be dropping this game no it man. really it really shouldn't be discussed and like I said, I don't care if they have to minimize their out-of-conference games. Even if it gets down to only one out-of-conference game, the two teams should still play each other. I mean, it just yes, it, it just should happen. It's just better for the – I mean, it's just be- it's good for the state. I don't care. you know, Win or lose, whoever's got the streak going, and it always seems to be a streak with these two schools, you know, it's just, it's just better off just that, that they play. I mean, don't, don't, don't end up like, you know, Missouri and Kansas and, and watch those fan bases not have to get to play each other. Man, I think, yeah, bad. I think another part of it is that I, I, I think there's probably, at least for some folks, there's a little big brother, little brother. U of L needs this game more than we do, so why don't we just take it away from them just to be like jerks? But and there is, there is like a little truth to that that Louisville probably needs it a little bit more, but it just would be a pretty bad look to 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 say, nah, we we think we're so much better than you, we're not going to play. I, I don't. Then just we should beat U of L every year, like you know, until until things start to change. Kentucky should beat U of L every year, so I don't want to get rid of that. I disagree with say Louisville needs it more. Even when Louisville was in your Big East, or I mean, well, you, there was a couple of years in the Big East where the Big East had some pretty good I mean, records in West Virginia. But you know, even in the you know their American division, I wouldn't say they needed the Kentucky. I don't think either team really needs it for you know for that matter. But they they should want it. I don't think it really – I mean, I, would, I don't think Louisville – I mean, just to say Louisville's playing a – you know, obviously Kentucky's better than the SEC now, but until, you know, three years ago, you're talking about a mid-level SEC team. I mean, at best. Yeah, well, I, I think that – one, L doesn't have the, the home draws that they – that Kentucky does. You'll get Clemson every, yeah. every other year, Florida State every yeah. other year, which is nice, and then – between like a Virginia Tech and a Miami, that that's always that's always nice. Uh, mostly, you've been playing your out of con- your bigger out of conference opponents on neutral sites. That's kind of the norm now. 
but there's not as many home and homes. Central Florida is a, a, obviously a solid team. That's a that's a good out of conference. That, that ain't moving the needle though in terms of attendance. I mean, that's I mean you might get a little bump if they come, but I doubt it. But I would worry that if I'm U of L and you don't have the Governor's Cup, that like, all right, what if you? you the more that you get beat by a team, this is just that's how coaches get fired, losing to your rival. The more you're willing to beef up your program and to compete with your rivals. And that's why I've just been shocked that UK baseball's been so bad because, like, look, your biggest rival is dominant. Get closer to them. They should be rising you up because you should be striving to be able to beat them. And if you can beat them, which Kentucky, what, what, went one on one. Uh, they split the season series, I think, with U of L this past season. Two teams that didn't make the tournament. How about that? But uh, I, you know, you should you should be at the competition level as of your rivals. So if I was U of L, I'd worry a little bit if you drop the football game that Kentucky could kind of widen the gap even from where it's at right now. But again, no need to be dropping that game. It means a lot for the UK fans in Louisville. It means a lot for the Louisville fans when you can beat Kentucky. It's a, It needs to happen, and it really needs to be moved back to the first game of the season. But that's a conversation we've already had. Well, it definitely needs to be. I think it, I agree. And, and for kind of to support that argument, or that's not really an argument because we both agree on it, I'll agree with what you kind of said when you say UK, Louisville does need it for attendance-wise. But unfortunately, since it's been moved to the end, it hasn't really been a, an attendance plus for either school. So, I mean, no, you, you want it for, for and, and even Kentucky, I think, I mean, it helps Kentucky in attendance if it's well, in the first no, but, the year. My, but my, my point, and I do agree, for the attendance at the end of the year has been bad for both teams. Yeah. I can only think of one game where it was actually full, and I think it was the first time they moved it to the end of the year. <laughs> and it also so happened that I think that was the warmest and best weather that the game has had at the end of the year. But Kentucky's going to have Georgia, Tennessee, LSU, Florida. They're going to have those teams coming in. Like, UK's home schedule is always going to be enticing to some degree. Louisville could have a weird year where it's Florida State coming in, and Florida State's horrible, so you look at the home schedule and you say, what's the halfway decent game here? Well, at least you got rival Kentucky. And I may have some of the the the, the home-and-homes flip-flopped who is actually synced up with who with U of L, And then now that the game last year got postponed, it's everything's off. It actually is better for UK. I'm not sure how it worked out for U of L, but it's a little bit more balanced for UK. UK was having Florida, Tennessee and Louisville all playing at Kroger field the same years. That's like your three biggest rivals in the conference all in the same season. So it was a little, it was a little outweighed. Now you'll get next year, Kentucky will have Georgia, South Carolina and Louisville still probably not as good as this year, but at least it's a little bit more balanced. Yeah, South Carolina, I don't think really, unless you get it on a Thursday night, it's not going to yeah. really. It's yeah. a it's a it's a series Kentucky has done well in, and so that one's always fun for UK fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, the yeah. ones ones you feel like you're going to win, Trevor, are more fun than the ones you. you may <laughs> well, I can agree to that. Yes, I will, and I agree that yeah, with Kentucky. Florida State and Clemson are about the only three sellouts Louisville's probably going to get, with the exception of a odd year where you have Miami or maybe Virginia Tech's hot, or maybe I don't know, you know, some somebody gets hot that year, you know, and is is just you know having a special year, and they happen to come to, to Louisville. They may have claimed it to be so, but I don't think U of L has truly sold out since they finished expanding. Uh, depend. I. I I don't know. Have they? I'd have that, to look that, that, that Notre if, Dame. If they did. I'm sure. I'm sure it was. I'm sure. Like probably like twenty percent of it was paper tickets. But that, that 
Notre Dame game, they may announce the sellout, but there were some empty seats in, in, in the corners, which is, that's fine. U of L has a huge stadium. You know, it's not the 40,000 seat Papa John stadium that it used to be, but I, I don't think they've actually sold out once since they they finished the expansion. Obviously the pandemic took a year away from them having a chance to do that. And also U of L football has been a little down than where it was a decade ago. So uh, I, I, well, actually maybe not a decade ago, maybe, decade and a half ago but yeah so i, I, they, I think they need that kentucky game but we're kind of splitting hairs anyways yeah and it sucks you to mention another day because that that's the, the the product of the secondary market buying them all up and then not being able to resell them yeah speaking sure. of papa john's cardinal stadium did you hear that trinity and saint x kicked the rolling stones out of town Wow, that's 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 kind of funny. I didn't realize. I saw that they like reannounced their tour. They were supposed to have one at Cardinal Stadium, but that's the reason they can't get back. Yeah, because it was the same night as Trinity Saint X, and Trinity Saint X won out. No respect for the elders. I I can't imagine that would even that sell Rolling Stones coming. To no, town it wouldn't. Up. It wouldn't even be close. But I guess yeah. it's, just a, it's a priority thing. They can't get out of the contract. But that's uh that sucks for that sucks for Cardinal Stadium. That's probably a big payday that they're missing out on yeah that's a full stadium probably <laughs> uh bra- breaks my heart to see it hey saint is gonna be really good this year so that's what everybody's telling me that's all yeah. the scuttlebutt from the golf scramble is this is the year so it freaking better be that was that was the chatter on the back nine yesterday huh yep that's what that's what everybody was discussing people have been saying that about this 2021 saint x team for like two or three years it's like oh they'll be better but 2021's their year that's the year they have circled so it's finally here they better go out there and at least beat trinity check with me in about four or five months i'll let you know if it was wagner's year or not tj you never did say how you all finished in the scramble yesterday i'm pretty sure i did 13 under vegas had set it at 10 so we did better than i thought we would have gotcha four under at the turn and so we weren't happy with that and we turned it on and got hot and it was a great day i they had they were having an afternoon flight too, but we were we were we got the early one. I could not imagine playing golf yesterday afternoon. I, I, was miserable. I, I was gonna say I, I don't know maybe you answered this already, but was the course nice? Did it was the juice worth the squeeze for the course? Was was it nice enough to, for you to ditch us yesterday on the show? Yes, uh, uh, okay, I've never good. played her. I, I've never played Hurstburton before, but it's like, you know, it's one of the top ranked courses in Kentucky. So p- people were saying that supposedly one of their holes is like consistently ranked as the toughest hole in Kentucky. I played it. I'm not sure I was buying that necessarily, oh, wow. but it, but it wasn't, it was not an easy hole, but I, I played tougher in Kentucky. So I was surprised to learn that, but beautiful course, a uh, lot of fun and only like seven minutes from my house, which was great. Wow. Sounds like a good Monday. Not a, not not too shabby there, uh, Trevor. Let's get to this text line, 502-414-1450. A texter, well, you know, I don't really know exactly where we are. Um, I sent some in yesterday for you to help you keep up, but apparently I didn't help you at all when I did that. Well, I just don't know what was yesterday's with you it's, all doing the show. It starts with Trevor mentioned. All right, let me see here. Gotcha. All right. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. Trevor mentioned former girlfriends a couple times yesterday. You're not fooling anyone, big guy. I bet she lived in a different city or at least went to a different school. Kidding, of course. I'm sure high school Trevor was rolling in the you-know-what. 
Uh, wasn't rolling, but was definitely uh, had more options than, than current Trevor. I'll say that much. Well, you got to get back on Big Blue dating history or whatever it was. <laughs> I had some responses on that. Big Blue and you. Yeah, people forget they launched like a UK-specific dating site, and Great. we had Trevor sign up for it. This was back in the old Sports Talker with TJ Walker days. And we had Trevor sign up for it, and he, uh, he, he got some spam bots that were interested. Well, some would call it spam. Others would just, you know, I, I don't know if it was all, probably spam, but I, I, some of them might have been real. You never know. Yeah, you never know. You could have found your, your big blue love. A, text, <laughs> a texter says, <laughs> having some time to think a little crazy, but with the SEC expanding and likely a pod-style scenario, I would like to think about a relegation system in place. I realize they won't want to do this because of playoff implications, but a fun summer discussion. Uh, it would be great, but similar to how it's probably never going to happen in the M- MLS in American soccer, same reason it wouldn't happen in the SEC. Nobody would agree to voluntarily miss a piece of the pie for a year or two to drop down a conference. But uh, I do I do like the mindset. Now, I was going to say, it could have been my lack of sleep going into yesterday's show, and I've had a few you know hours today, so it would be a little more seeing straight, but probably not. Uh, yesterday, I suggested just say to kind of go where you said on Friday, let's just screw it and just go to four major conferences, put like 30 teams in each conference, a little West Coast, we'll have an SEC, ACC, and a Big Ten. We can name them whatever you want, but you can have the regions as best you can get too close to it. And just do like 30 teams in four major conferences, top 120 teams, and have all of them fight it out. And the winners of those four will play in them in the, at the end of the year, the major, you know, BCS for the national champion. Sounds like a lot. It, well, you know, I had a lot Sounds of time on my hands while watching Olympics at <laughs> 2 in the morning. <laughs> I, uh, I I was now maybe this is what the texture meant, but just something popped in my head would be every year, you know, you have your pods. And then the winner of the winner of each pod are in the same pod the next year, and then second place is in the same pod the next year, yeah. and then third pods the same, and and so on and so forth. It'd be four across the board, and you'd still play teams outside your pods, but you'd have the worst of the worst. That that would be they'd not, they'd never do that either. But I think that would be kind of fun too. At least from like, hey, we had a bad year, but guess what? We get to play Vandy. And we get to play Arkansas, and we get to play South Carolina next year. So that's going to be great. So the NFL doesn't start scheduling in a similar way. They do. Yeah, yeah, they do. And I think that's really smart of the NFL to do that. So uh, that we'll we'll maybe bring that up with Roush, pick his brain on that, see what he thinks. But uh, the texter continues, here's how I would break down the pod groupings because of last year's results and this year's projections factored in. So they're taking – Last year, how teams finish with a mix of what they think, what projections say they're going to do this year. All right, pod one. Oh, so he is going with like the competitiveness pods here: Oklahoma, Bama, and Georgia, and Texas A and M. Pod two: Florida, LSU, Ole Miss, and Auburn. Pod three: UK, Texas, Missouri, Mississippi State. Pod four: Tennessee, Vandy, Arkansas, and South Carolina. The bottom of each pod moves down, and the best team of the lower three pods would move up. I think this would be a fun way of handling the Super Leagues that will likely form with the Big 12 essentially dissolving in real time. It could allow for greater competition rather than two teams constantly dominating a single pod every year. Okay, so you went on to explain it yourself. I love that idea, Texter. I think that's a, a pretty good idea. So you basically it's just – it is relegation within this pod system, and uh, – 
I guess the only concern is if you get kind of stuck in the bottom pod. But w- would you rather be up with the Oklahomas and the Bamas and the Georgias of the world? No, you'd feel better about playing at least the worst of the worst. So, yeah, I kind of like this, Texer. I think you're onto something here. Wouldn't, wouldn't the the best team in the bottom move up one and the worst team in the, 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 the one above it move down each year? I mean, so someone's moving up at least. Yes. That's, that's it's, it's pretty much like Champions League is what they're pretty much describing in a way. And that's coming from Mook, yeah. yeah. It, it, so it'd just be a four. Yeah, I like that. That's a that's a good idea. So the last place team in Pod Four would move up, and then the last or the first place team in Pod Four would move up. Last mm-hmm. place team in Pod Three would now be in Pod Four. Yeah, that'd be fun, and it'd be kind of fun also. Like you know, think how much money a coach could get paid if you took a team from Pod Four to Pod One. You're talking like crazy paydays. Now you'd have to do it over the course of uh, several seasons, but yeah, I like that idea, Mook. Good idea. I mean, you, you 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 get paid by going to Penn State. It's called Franklin. The 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 issue would be um, how would you start the pods? Would you just do it like like Mook said, and just do it based on the previous year's results with mixed in projections? Because how you start it off is really how. It's going to be for several seasons. I'd almost take. I'd t- almost go. I'd almost go like four years, like the last four seasons going into it, total wins, and 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 and, and sort it by that. But that's. Well, by that, well, what do you do with Texas and Oklahoma? Well, I mean, obviously, I guess you'd have to. You would assume there'd be an asterisk since their records would be in versus Big Twelve. Well, Oklahoma, Oklahoma would be in the top pod. That'd be pretty. Yeah, I mean, it's a given anyway. I don't know what Texas. I mean, they're probably Texas has been pretty bad. Them. I mean, yeah. they they have not been great. Mook's right to maybe put them. Now, I would maybe have you know maybe Kentucky ahead of Auburn in pod two, but I would be all right with it because it'd be theoretically an easier pod. So people wouldn't even mind to be in a lower pod because it just means you're playing easier teams. So. Mook, great idea. That's the Taco Tuesday text of the day. You can win some Salsaritas tacos. Just get in, in touch with Trevor, and he'll he'll get you he'll get you setting on your way. A texter says, "I've heard that Oklahoma has said that they can't compete with the SEC schools because of geographical recruiting advantage the SEC has. Oh, you get speed and talent on offense, but on defense they can't find the same speed and hybrid defensive players that are in the South. And this has been seen each time the Big Twelve has to play the SEC in the playoffs." Uh, yeah, that's I I call BS on the whole. I mean, this is this is 2021, not 1987. I mean, Oklahoma wants to go get some kids in certain states. They can go get them in certain states, and if they move the SEC, they're going to start maybe getting a few other kids in SEC country. I, I don't I think, think I think they've been okay before for a while now. Offensively, they'll still recruit nationally. I get what the Texas are saying, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong. But what this will do is allow Oklahoma to be a lot more enticing to people literally anywhere else besides the SEC. So they're not going to be able to recruit the Southeastern Conference better than anybody else down there. So they're still probably going to want to avoid the South, except just to go pluck some wide receivers, quarterbacks, and whatnot, get some of those skill position players that they thrive in. And I can understand why a kid from the South would want to go play in that offense. But in terms of their defense alignment, some of their offense alignment, the best of the best, they can go nationally now, but pretty much anywhere else besides the Southeast. So the Northwest, the Southwest, and if they even want to get into Ohio, I hope they wouldn't. Uh, they could go there as well. But I get what the texts are saying. I think there's truth to that too because Oklahoma, you can go pound for pound with their quarterback and wide receivers and maybe have the best. They have had the best at times, but they're always kind of getting pushed around a little bit up front. I mean, being able to now at least sell the fact that, you know, you, 
that you're going after a kid that's in an SEC country and say, hey, listen, you know, beforehand you come here, you're, you're coming to Oklahoma, you're coming one of the best of the best. But some of these kids, some maybe like to, you know, stay close to home or at least play games, you know, with their, you know, of school against schools in their close to home area. And now Oklahoma can't sell that to that, which may, you know, have cost them a recruiter two here and there. Yeah. A texter says, based off some recruiting insiders, Shaden Sharp will be committed to UK by September to all UK fans who wanted Cal gone after one terrible season. Suck it. I'm sorry, did you say Shannon Sharp? No, Shaden. Oh, okay, thank you. Thank you. Just making sure. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how much eligibility he has left from Savannah State. And he's a sharp shooter. I, I, I get excited. I get excited thinking about him playing for Kentucky and Cal's offense. He he could be somebody that could have just some huge, huge scoring games. So that will be fun. And uh yeah, suck it to those people. A texture says, got my first two pars of my life on Sunday at Penn Run. Where do I sign up for the tour? Was that good? It is good. Yeah, two pars are, are nice. Uh, Justin, no better feeling than like just playing a golf hole and doing really everything you wanted to do. Normally, yeah, absolutely. you know, in a perfect world, it results in a birdie, but uh, nobody ever really gets mad about a par. I am pumped about a par when I get it. I mean, I typically get about five, six around, but oh, it's still a great feeling every time. Birdie, birdie's one under par, right? Correct. Nice, Trevor. And Eagle's two under. Nice. Correct. What's three under? <laughs> hole in one? Albatross. Yeah, it could be a hole in one if it's a par four. Could we'll, yeah. give you, we'll give you partial credit, Trevor. It's called an albatross? Well, why didn't we stay with the bird bird method? I mean, what, oh. what was And wow. albatross is a bird there, Trevor. Oh, I thought it was that thing that you count like a new uh, math on back in the 1800s. That's a calculator. No, not a calculator. <laughs> an, ab- an abacus? Yeah, that thing. That's what I thought you were saying, calling it. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, good time to take a break. We'll do that now. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call. We're all learning new things today. TJ Walker, Trevor Kelsey, Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Walker here, Roush here, Kelsey, Kelsey, where the hell is Kelsey? My best friend's sister's boyfriend's brother's girlfriend heard from this guy who knows this kid is going with the girl who thought Kelsey the- thought passed out at 31 Flavors last night. Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. TJ Walker, Trevor Kelsey, Justin Kalen. My, my, how the turntables with that rejoin. Roush not here. Trevor is here. And and I like to say at the record state, I've never passed out of the 31 flavors. I, I made it all the way through all 31 samples. <laughs> made it home, and I'm here. By the way, speaking of, I, I got to ask you, I haven't had a chance to bring this up because you were probably on a getaway and then you had your golf stuff. Could, could you, could your Red Sox take it easy on us like one game tonight uh, against the Blue oh. Jays? I, I, I was so, had so much hope going in these last few weeks. We, I think we had six games against you all. We're back six games in first place. Thought we can maybe gain three games on them. No, we just get swept by you. Then we lose two out of three to the Mets. And now we're about to get swept by you. The typical second half of the season for my Blue Jay fanhood coming. You actually got to suck it to start the show, as a matter of fact. I did. How did you? Did you mention the the, the them well, playing? Really, I just started out by saying suck it to the Yankees because now we're ten and a half games up on them. 
But I did say, but they didn't play the Yankees last night. They beat the Blue Jays, so I guess I need to give a suck it to Trevor as well. Yeah, the the Blue Jays and the bullpen blowing another one, but then again, blowing it. Yeah, the the Red Sox apparently hit the stat I saw. They've in their sixty two wins. They've come from behind in thirty three of them. But, I yeah, mean, they, that's, that's that's crazy. They're they're mostly all bats, um, but and if they're going, they're pretty tough to beat. If not. Then they, they've had some games where they've only put up uh, one or two runs, zero runs, and they lose those ones. But I do want to tell you about Genesis Diamonds. Oh, yeah. And they're announcing their all-new collection of luxury pre-owned Rolexes. Genesis has all the most popular models now in stock. Make plans to see them at a special luxury pre-owned Rolex event next weekend, August 6th. 7th and 8th at Genesis Diamonds on Shelbyville Road next to Trader Joe's. Everybody loves Rolexes. This event's going to be special from Genesis Diamonds. You know who needs to be getting a new Rolex uh, this morning? Who's that? Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we talked about him an hour one too. Ah, I missed out. Oh, I'm sorry. So I should I should have known you brought that up right away. I don't know what I was thinking on that. Yeah, I, I had to talk about that off the get-go and also the the red Sox. i mentioned those two things uh, to start today yes excited about that but anybody with half a brain knew this was going to happen uh okay what, what then did you did you bring up the uh cleveland new their new name they that the mlb was so <laughs> proud of they used it on a friday news dump uh the guardians yeah well we we i think i don't we don't need to talk about that uh, okay all right let's let's read some more text though and we'll see where where that takes us a texter says i see it as cal looking to force some hands early get on the boat or you'll miss out don't think cal wants these going into the spring with transfer portal craziness get your core guys and then go get the needs uh you got to fill me in what he's specifically referring to uh, just some recruiting conversation, and uh, Trevor, you may need to mute your mute yourself if you're not talking. There we go. I oh, was that oh. bad. Sorry about that. Yeah, maybe not. I'm just hearing a little bit of an echo, but it could be on my end as well. So, uh, it, oh, it, we're we're fine. We talked some recruiting, and I basically said I don't want Cal to fill up with freshmen. I want to keep a few spots for transfers in the spring. But this texture's right that UK and Cal have all the leverage that they can they can be picky. They're kind of hot in the streets again now that nil is a thing and no school is going to be able to, again, for the most part, 95% of schools aren't going to be able to outmatch Kentucky for a kid. So what we were talking about is UK seems to be in a really good spot in recruiting for 2022, Trevor. And I was just saying, don't, you know, don't go get seven recruits. One, you're going to force out some current guys. And two, I'd rather keep an open spot or two for a, a transfer. Go get some of the best freshmen, but leave a spot or two open for a transfer. I think not only would that be smart for Kentucky to do, I think Louisville to do, Kansas to do, and a lot of other upper upper programs should do because the way we're seeing the transfers come in and out, yeah, you should definitely do that. I mean, the only people that's going to hurt is the walk-ons, which they're trying to get thrown those scholarships, you know, at the last minute as, as much as often now because that I give you a you stay a walk-on. We're going to have that transfer from day one. And, and you and yeah, and you just don't know who's going to be available in the yeah. spring. So you, you want to keep a spot or two open for it. Again, you know, Kofi is going to be an All-American. He thought about coming to Kentucky. That whole thing was weird. I still really haven't gotten any answers about what happened with that whole situation. But, you know, if you can pull somebody that good that late in the game, you're going to want to have the scholarship available for it to happen. So I just would keep some. I still would want to go get a good – the only places that really should be bringing in huge classes of freshmen, Trevor, are probably like places like Bellarmine and small schools like – 
you know, if, if some of these guys pan out, they're probably going to get plucked. But if we have enough of them, then you should be able to have some stability in a program. Yeah, mid-majors and um, even power five mid-level and below should. Sure. Yeah, I but agree with up, that. Your upper should always at least leave – even if it's just one spot, definitely. Because, yeah, you mentioned Kobe, Marcus Carr. You never know when a guy is going to, you know, just maybe drop out of the draft, which I couldn't believe. I didn't even realize until earlier today was – it's Thursday. But, you know, you know that's going to happen. And with – I mean, who knows what they're going to do with the one-and-done rule. I don't know, but – I mean, yeah, but the way transfers are, yeah, you definitely, if you're Kentucky, you should always leave at least one spot open going into a year. Trevor, I, I, I went to some UofL websites. I never found out how Marcus Carr's visit to UofL went. What did he think? <laughs> he, 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 th- he thought Austin was a lot more fun, apparently. <laughs> uh, I guess that's all I can say. I mean, it, it, it is. some people consider it like a music capital of the world. I mean, it, it's the hipster place. Uh, I would say Nashville would have something to say about the music capital of the world, but oh no, no, Austin is the Nashville of Texas. You didn't know that? I did not realize that. No, and and Austin, uh, Nashville is the Austin of Tennessee. (laughs) Exactly, it's it's the Austin of the western of west of the Mississippi, east of Mississippi. (laughs) I can't decide which direction. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out someday. Uh, Texture says, I see it as opposite as you, Terry. I feel like with Nil and Antigua, Cal can go get the best of the best again, and they may choose college over pros because of that. Hopefully we can get some transcendent talent soon, like Lively, Wagner, Sharp, because that's different. Yeah, those guys totally agree with you. And it, I, I do like, again, like I mentioned, I, I like the position Cal's in. I think UK has more leverage. One, you know, transfers are an option. Two, you don't, if, if a recruit's kind of being difficult and they're going to tell you they're going to wait till May, you don't really have to mess around with it. You can just move on to the next guy if, if you feel necessary. So I do like the position UK's in. I just, I don't want this to be like a seven man freshman recruiting class and then UK lose a few guys that may have returned, but now they feel squeezed. And then you don't have scholarships available for some potential transfers. You just you gotta be you gotta look a little further ahead than you used to. Because it used to be just get everybody you could, let's let's load up, we'll be ready to rock and roll the next season. With the transfers, you just need to keep some openings, in my opinion. Man, and transfer you got the transfer guys you're getting are gonna be I mean, I don't want to say you're you're more I mean, yeah, maybe you're more impactful college basketball level guys, because more often than not, it's gonna be the guys who are looking for two options, two pretty much two things. Now it was maybe just to get some wins and maybe get a chance at a ring, like a Reed Travis. But now it's that plus, which school is also going to give me some nil money because you know instead of going and playing you know overseas, which is probably what some of these kids are doing, I'm going to stay and go to that school, make some decent nil money, maybe still get a championship, maybe improve my draft stocks. More often than not, it won't. But you know yeah. you get to other two things and you and you'll be an impactful. I mean, you're a good college player, you know, like a, a guy like a, a Jones last year at Louisville or, you know, a car maybe going down to Texas. And, and I think I, I would almost guarantee it that you're going to have some kid somewhere that says, you know what, I just I, – I dominated. You know, I was all conference this year, and I'm just not seeing the nil love I should be seeing in this little sleepy town. Like, I'm, I'm going somewhere bigger. You'll see that start to be a reason why people transfer as well. So – I just you, you got to keep some spots open there. I'm really oh. curious what the, the what, if the NBA does get rid of the one and done. I'm just I, I'm wondering because originally that makes me afraid that you're just going to see another floodgate of high school kids going into the pros. But with the the deal now, I wonder if it'll even it out to where 
you don't even have to worry about having the one and done anymore as a rule to, to help protect the NBA is what it pretty much was doing more often than not. I've said that there's a lot of uncertainty with the nil in college sports, and especially now with this realignment stuff and Mark Emmert basically being like, hey, we don't want as much power anymore. Like the times, they are certainly a change in, but college sports, while there is uncertainty, I think it's in a really, really healthy spot where even if the NBA did, like basically now – you're having college compete with the G League and overseas and to some to a lesser degree maybe someday the uh, certainly the G League but to some lesser degree maybe the NBA where more it's risk reward do you actually think you're going to get drafted what kind of contract are you looking at versus what you could be getting with the nil but if they decide to get rid of the one and done if the NBA and that's all the that's all the NBA everybody you know most people know that that's the NBA's rule where the NBA says you got to play you got to be a year removed from high school before you can you can join uh, our draft if the NBA decides to get rid of that college and the NCAA or if it's autonomous conferences making these decisions they need to be smart and say you know what we're going to let people go to the draft and if you don't like your if you don't if we can make like college baseball if you don't like your draft spot or you don't get drafted come on back to college why would why would you care anymore like if if nil's a thing why would you care if somebody goes to the draft doesn't get drafted and comes back to college they weren't getting any impermissible benefits they're just getting to live the life of a normal college student athlete now so that would be if the nba does that that would be my counter back trevor because then that way you're not even necessarily losing out on all of the people that are making the jump. Yeah, you may miss the guys that go in the lottery and whatnot, but there are going to be some guys that just make bad decisions, get bad advice, that think they're ready for the NBA, don't get drafted or get drafted in a really bad spot. I think it'd be cool if they were able to come back. I bet that happens someday. I, I would be definitely okay with that, especially as long as the NBA would want to do this maybe. Now, I'm not saying to the MLB extent, but – Go add another round of the NBA draft, and 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 then that way, you know, you know, maybe if a guy does go in the third round, you know, he he has to decide between, you know, is it worth maybe going in to get maybe not even making the roster this NBA team or going to college or even the second round, you know, and if you take a kid, maybe you know, you're an NBA franchise, take a fly on a kid in the second round, you know, he doesn't pan out, he doesn't, he decides to go back to college. You got a third round pick you already took. So now you're still getting your two kids that you probably your two. Sure. You want, I mean, the NBA used to be like seven rounds. I think it, it I think it dropped to two and 88. I want to say or 80, 88 or 89. Go back to three rounds. I mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with third round in the NBA draft either. I'd go as far also as, you know, same, same goes with college kids. Like EJ Montgomery, if he finally kind of came to his senses after the draft, he could have, you could come back. Hey, you know, I don't know really what you were thinking, but you didn't get drafted. Why don't you come on back to school uh, or go transfer, go somewhere else. I, I think it should be an option, not just for players going in from going into the NBA from high school, but also college players that, you know what? I, I didn't really want to go to the draft, but family needs more money than nil was promising. I just wanted to see if I could do workouts and get selected. I didn't. So it'd be nice if I could fall back to the college option as well. And guess what? More kids graduating, getting degrees. There's nothing wrong with that either. That That's good for society. So, yeah, uh, that needs to change. I bet it does sooner rather than later. Just makes too much sense. A texter says, with the added revenue, with the realignment, does that stop the sell of alcohol at UK until Mitch leaves? Um, if we don't hear something in the next three weeks or two weeks, I'm going to assume that there won't be any beer at Kroger Field. And uh, if that happens, there's really no excuse for it. The revenue part, it's additional revenue. 
it's not that additional revenue is always going to be there though. Like, why would you say no to more money? Even if you're making no more, even if you're making more money from this conference realignment, uh, Mitch Barnhart with that stuff. It's, yeah. You, you don't share beer revenue either. Bro. That's all you. <laughs> and this is from Steve Berkowitz. He tweeted, if the SEC adds text, in Oklahoma, a path can be drawn to the conference quickly generating as much annual revenue as the NCAA does, $1.3 billion in the 24-25 fiscal year. $1.3 billion, and you had that dork lock tell me that it wasn't worth it. <laughs> I, I don't know. How is, how, so you're saying the SEC would make $1.3 billion? That's what they. That's what people that are much smarter than us, Trevor, would project. Yeah, I need. I need that thing. You the math thing for you get for three under par in golf to, to figure that if that works out right or not. That I mean, it's not crazy to think like how big a football conference would be. Uh, the SEC is already a monster, and now you're adding two of maybe the top four powers not in the SEC. I think Ohio State and Michigan. Oh, well, Texas has been down, but assuming they can get back to what they were, that would be interesting. It would be interesting. A texter says, once again, Justin is free AF. That was in regards to my doctor's appointment upcoming yeah. tomorrow. You've got nothing but free time, buddy. I, have, right. I, have, I have just have a – I'm willing to put like two to one odd. You don't even go to this appointment tomorrow. Oh, I'm definitely going, Trevor, just because I want to straighten my arm. <laughs> okay. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> a texter – 502-414-1450 says, oh, where are we at here? Uh, this is from Robert. Scooter Dingus, for your arm shoulder, does it seem to get better when you shower, bathe, or use a sauna? You seem like a guy that 100% uses a sauna from time to time, says Robert. <laughs> if so, it's most likely a pinched nerve, and those can take up to 12 weeks to heal. If they do say it's a pinched nerve, they may offer you a shot. Take it and do not hesitate. It'll get you back to 100% for at least 24 hours while the other meds kick in. There's a lot to break down here, Robert. First of all, I am not a sauna guy. I, I mean, I've done the sauna a couple times in my life, but it's it's okay. Um, second of all, I'm hoping you're right that it is a pinched nerve. Granted, 12 weeks is a long time, but that's something way less serious than what I've got in mind. I think it's probably a fracture in my elbow, but we will see. And third of all, they offer me a shot. I don't know what it is. Not going to take it. Sorry about you. Wait a minute. Didn't you take like just like God, random you're... drugs from people at the hotel for your elbow and you're not going to take a shot from a doctor? I, I took like a relieving spray. It wasn't something I put in my body. You, you if So if the doctor rec recommended this shot that would help you, you wouldn't take it? I mean, if it's going to help my arm get back to normal, absolutely. But if it's just for the pain, no. i am I've been dealing with the pain for three weeks now. This will take the pain away. You won't have pain if you get this shot. Yeah. Don't you see, Dingus? Well, Don't you so see? my my point is the the pain is very minimal at this point. It's just I can't move my arm certain directions. So it's not it's not a pain thing at this point anymore. It's it's a what, when can my what, arm get back to normal? What happens if you move your arm in, in uh, some of those directions? You can't move it. Uh, it pulls and it's painful. <laughs> oh, okay. <sighs> I just uh, I don't even I don't even know what to say. <laughs> just oh. call me just call me a dumbass and let's move on. <laughs> you see what you left you see what you left us with, Trevor? I mean, yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, I set the bar low, but geez. <laughs> <laughs> get the shot seriously. I've, I've I've got family members that have had pinched nerves and whatnot. If they're offering to make something better, say yes. 
Okay. Just say yes. I yeah. got it. A te- a te- you need to get back out and golf, buddy. I think you're going crazy. I think you're going a little that, loony. That is confirmed. Yeah. A texter, you need some fresh air. There is no e- easier win than Louisville, uh, Louisville football. It's a crappy team that the players get pumped up for. That's true. It is a crappy I mean, team, and they do get pumped up for it. You win a couple in a row, and you, and you automatically it's just it's all it's just so easy, isn't it? I cannot wait to it's get Howard it, back on my side. It's not so much winning a couple in a row. I think it's just the manner of which of how the games have unfolded. I, you know what, I, I would, I would, I would try to talk smack, but I've Louisville's won their feud a couple in a row in in similar manner and similar fashion. And I was, well, I didn't ever say drop the game. I did rub my mouth on it. You did, I'm sure you're shocked at that. I did run my mouth pretty, pretty. pretty. I would, I, I would see you doing that, and that's why I don't feel so bad when, when I do it. But uh, just don't have old Satter White complain about L's down again. Yeah, I can't even defend that one. Do get over it, man. <laughs> yeah, just stop us from scoring, and then we won't be doing L's down when we're losing. Yeah. Dinguses. Uh, John here. Good Olympic morning to all. Okay, I have a question. Is it just me, or does it seem like a good amount of people are not really invested in the Olympic Games? I don't see a lot of people posting about the games. Instead, they're posting about how sad they are or how they don't like the country or people at Walmart. What do you guys think? We'll got to go talk to you later. Well, John, that you're probably you need to start unfollowing some people on social media. It sounds like I'm seeing a lot of people excited about the games. Uh, my family's excited about the games. My friends are as well. So I guess it's just the circles you run around with. I tell you what, I've, I've been, I've never been more entertained at three in the morning than, than flipping through to, uh, between USA and NBC, whatever their channel 971 is to, to watch live sports, be playing fast and loose with the, the term sports, but, but still getting something to watch other than reruns of new girl. Is that okay. you were, I, I thought I, I didn't think you were. I thought that you were you were continuing with that. No, uh, no, we, they they show reruns of New Girl on TV. Okay. Like gotcha. Gordon, yeah. The texter says, "Love Trevor's take that A and M will always have a little brother complex when it comes to Texas, since they're the state school. Big suck it to our little brother in Loserville, and an even even bigger suck it to Trevor." I, yeah, I, I'm amazed it took a, a texter that long. To, I mean, I had it in the back of my mind thinking it, I was. I know our listener base has to be as smart as I am to bring it up on that, yeah. And, and going back to the UK U of O game, not until U of L's offensive line and defensive line. And offensive line, I think it's going to be a little better this year. I think U of L's offensive line is average, which is a lot better than they have been. But until things start getting more even in the trenches, I, I have all the confidence in the world Kentucky will just continue to, to be able to beat U of L and beat them badly. I just have confidence, but it's probably just mostly because of drugs maybe if U of L got like a you know another Lamar Jackson I would I, I could change my opinion on the on the the trenches comment but Malik Malik Cunningham or Mikhail Cunningham he, he ain't it just don't turn the ball over Cunningham is all I'm gonna ask. I mean you, you you cut his turnovers in half and little probably wins on their game maybe two last year and and then you he, he has half the turnovers he had last year this team I still have confidence can win six games that's the spirit. A texter says, Scott Satterfield has become <laughs> an advocate around the neck of UofL. Sincerely, Trevor. They are referring to an albatross around the neck, which... Uh, that was a noose. Rhyme of, the, rhyme of the Ancient Mariner reference, which I love. Read it. No big deal. Um, very uh, I, well read. All I heard was Seattle Mariners. That's what I think I heard you say. The Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is about these people, Trevor, on a boat. 
and they it's bad luck to kill an albatross and that's like people still think that to this day it's bad luck to kill an albatross and this guy on the boat kills an albatross and the wind just stops so the wind so they can't move and they're stuck and they make him wear the albatross around his his neck because he killed it you put tom hanks in that movie and i'll watch it (laughs) uh Texter sent in Texas C, referring to our Austin and Nashville comments. <laughs> yeah, that's right, baby. It just depends on what side of Mississippi you're on. It's the best town in music. I have to think that, like, Oklahoma will just, like, you know, Austin, great city. It, supposedly Norman's a fun college town. I've never been there. Uh, Oklahoma has a huge, huge fan base. I wonder if they're just going to, like, maybe claim Nashville, just, like, take over Nashville and be like, this is going to be our auxiliary campus. Uh, we, we want more of like a, you know, we want to be more in the thick of it. And so we're, we're just going to take this Vanderbilt. Hope you don't mind. I bet for a price, Vandy would loan out their facilities. <laughs> as long as they can build a new academic building. We talked about Oklahoma trying to, you know, they're, they're not going to be able to recruit the South because they're not going to take a Georgia offensive lineman to move to Norman. But you know what? If you, you have the auxiliary campus in Nashville, could help Oklahoma recruiting. Not a bad idea. Uh, we UK can set something up in Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Tulsa. You might want to. You want to go somewhere else. <laughs> a texter says, "Scooter out here whining that he has to go to the doctor, but yet he claims he isn't going to let the doctor tell him anything. Just eat an edible and swing the clubs, you coward." Oh, I, I mean, love that. are I you going to a fact. real doctor? By the way, are you going to some like? Like, I can see you being like, I'm going to a buddy, my cousin's buddy who has like a medical degree on the back of like a kingfish menu or something. No, I'm going to a community medical center. Thank you very much. Second of all, if it was that easy to just take an edible and swing a golf club, I would have done it already, Texter. Suck it. <laughs> Little known fact, the actual Pekin doctor is just a veterinarian and technically humans are animals. Is there, a, there really is a vet in Pekin? <laughs> I just pictured the doctor he's going to like the one in the uh a thousand ways to die in the West. He's like, well, yeah. Yeah, like guys, I'm actually, guys, I'm actually so since I live in Indiana and you all want to make jokes about the small towns, I'm actually going to an Amish community about an hour away and they're gonna fix me up. Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> the great thing about the vet doctor in Pekin is Justin could also bring in the iguana when need be. So that's right. It was, it was, it was two, two for it was one. Two for one Tuesdays at the doctor's <laughs> office. If you uh, to take any medicine, just go see a Christian scientist doctor. They won't give you anything. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I do agree with the texture that I think if you just stopped being a baby, you wouldn't be in such pain. I agree I'll be all right. That. In due time, boys, in due time. Get the shot. A texture says, I've said it before, but how is it possible that Scooter is stranger than Trevor? Any thoughts, Trevor? <laughs> don't I, It baffles me, too. I, I really don't know. It makes me – I don't know if I feel like I should just, like, raise my game in some way. Like, how, how, do, how do I By get the, stranger? <laughs> yeah, it, no, don't. Uh, just be yourself, buddy. I mean, I've tried doing the show on, on on no sleep to maybe get myself at that level, but he still says stupid stupider stuff than I do. It's they're they're not stupid. They're um, out Baffling. there. Trevor, yeah. I am a I am a stranger individual than you, no question. But I have better takes than you, also no question. Oh wow! wow. When Leonard Hamilton joins the show, we'll get his. Opinion. Wow. <laughs> Uh, this is good stuff. I wish we had more time. Uh, do want to remind UK fans that if you plan on heading out to Vegas for the CBS Sports Classic, 
the you can do a pre-sale today at one o'clock and uh if you're i'll pull i'll put it on the kentucky roll call facebook page so join us over there if you don't mind all right this is a lot of fun guys trevor i appreciate you joining us i I don't know i mean we don't plan a roll call vegas trip i mean come on we are really dropping the ball right you know i would like i gosh this baby uh, supposedly babies take up time. That would be so good timing for you, though, because still, it'll still be young enough where you can just pawn it off on the in-laws, you know, for free babysitting because it's still young, it's still small and cute. And yeah. You and Hannah can get away and come to Vegas with us. I got I to gotta prioritize what trips I'm taking. But that Vegas trip, that was a blast when they played UNC back in 16. So it, it's a fun one for Kentucky fans. Should be I mean, a good atmosphere. Five-year anniversary of you. That was the, wasn't that the engagement? Trip? That was. That's a good I mean, point. Maybe, maybe we'll work it out. Yeah. All right, everybody have a good day. Thanks for the text on the show. I'll put this on the Facebook page. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Roll X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Justin Kalen, Trevor Kelsey, Nick Roush for a little bit, but not all of it. Hanging on the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to hold.